Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. You need to be fed spiritually just like your body needs to be fed. If not, you grow weak spiritually. When you grow weak spiritually, uh, even small things can just seem overwhelming. So many times people think that a problem is such a giant problem, but it's not that the problem is so big, it's, this, it's that faith is so weak. The stronger your faith gets, the bigger God looks to you. And the bigger He looks to you, the smaller your problems look to you, and the easier they look to be fixed. And with Him, it is possible and it can change so quickly. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom with us. Let's release faith for answers. Father, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for your Spirit. Minister to everyone the exact thing you know is enlightening, empowering, delivering, healing, restoring word today. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please in 1 John, the fifth chapter, 1 John 5 and 4. We've been talking about faith that overcomes. And 5, 4, uh, 1 John says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We studied uh, in a few lessons past about the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear. And the scripture says God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So fear has to do with more than just a thought or or even just a, a feeling. Spirit, that affects your whole being. Well, the same thing could be said about the spirit of faith in a positive way. He said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Fear affects everything you do. It affects how you think. It affects how you see things or even if you see things. It it affects your speech and your actions and your decisions. It's a way of functioning, a bad way. Faith is a way of living. The just shall live, not not just uh, get born again uh, only, and not just on Sunday exercise faith a little bit. Faith is not just for church. Faith is not just for Sunday. The just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. That that denotes my 
uh, way of operating in life. So faith is a way, just like fear is, a way of thinking, a way of seeing things, a way of speaking and acting and responding. It affects your decisions. It, it, it gives you a different outlook. You see things differently. And so you make different decisions than people who are dominated and governed by fear. Now, if you are not a child of God, walking by faith, you will be dominated by fear. Not might be. You will be. You won't be able to escape it. Uh, the scripture tells us that that's why Jesus became, you know, took on flesh and became a partaker of flesh. Hebrews 2 tells us that he through death might destroy him who had the power of death, talking about the devil, the enemy, and deliver them who through all their lifetime because of the fear of death were subject to bondage. See, fear is limiting the unbeliever on every hand. Fear, fear of death, fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of exposure, all, all kind of things. Just uh, that, that fear permeates a life. And depending on what you listen to, it gets worse. <laughs> well, faith is that way, but with life instead of death. Hallelujah. Faith affects everything that you see. And uh, thank God, if your faith is fed, it gets stronger. And what used to seem impossible to you, you get to a point where you think, well, God could do that. That can happen. Hallelujah. And instead of, you know, walking on eggshells and always tense and what will they think and, and what if this and, and what if this doesn't happen and, and I just don't know. See, all of that, whether it's full-blown panic or just a mild dread, it's all fear. Just different degrees and manifestations of it. And everybody who is not born again, not walking by faith, they are dominated by this fear. And death is, is, you know, hovering over them and in the back of their mind and, and all the phobias that people have. You know, people, people get so bound by fear, they, they can't eat anything. They, they can't leave their apartment. They, 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 they're a fear of commitment, fear of being around people. Uh, I've ministered to people individually who uh, were afraid to breathe the air. Well, you know, how long are you going to make it like that? You've you got to. Now, I'm not making fun. They were tormented. But they, they were afraid. Well, uh, the curse and death is in the earth. And there's enough toxins in what you breathe to kill you a hundred times over today. There's enough toxins and stuff in everything you eat and everything you drink. What do I do that we, you know, you got to be led, but at the same time, you want to believe God. He gave you an immune system. That's right. Whoa, hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for my immune system. And his spirit dwells in you, 
And if your immune system needs some help dealing with all this stuff, he can quicken you. Hallelujah. He can, he can quicken you, touch you inside and out. And you know you're not going to live down here in this mortal uh, form uh, all that long anyway. You should not be afraid to die. You should be ready to die knowing that when you die, you just slip out of your body like pulling a hand out of a glove and you go to be with Jesus, which is far better than being here. That's not something to be afraid of. But can you see what he said? He delivered those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. If I'm no longer afraid to die, I'm no longer subject to bondage. I'm no longer subject to all the phobias and limitations and restrictions that unbelievers are. Now, that doesn't mean you become reckless because your life is valuable down here and you don't want to waste any of your days, but at the same time, it's a real short run. You need to get in and get it done. What do you think? And then you're going to get out of here and... uh, the way to do it, this is the victory that overcomes the world. How do you do it? How do you do it? Even my, your, our faith. Now we saw in uh, Romans 10 uh, that uh, believing the report was equated to believing the gospel. And he said, quoting Isaiah 52, uh, he said, how beautiful, this is Romans 10, 15, how beautiful are the feet of them that proclaim the gospel of peace, bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by a report and the report by the word of God is how the Young's literal and Smith's literal translations read because it's talking about through the whole thing, report. The gospel is news or tidings, glad tidings of good things, or you can just say good news. You can also say good report. It's actually God's report, which you can believe. There's a lot of reports you should not believe, right? Don't believe, oh, Christian, don't believe everything you hear. It's sad how gullible people are, how gullible Christians are. Just because somebody quotes you half a verse doesn't mean their doctrine is right, right? And and, and you got to watch, I mean, especially in these days of uh, social media and tech and Facebook and Twitter and all these things, I'm, I'm just shocked that people say, did you hear such and such? And then it'll spread, and, and, and I go, how do you know this? Oh, it was on such and such. Well, where'd they get it? They don't know. They don't have a clue. And again and again, you find out it's just totally fabricated. Somebody just invented it, just made it up, but not before. All these people got all up in arms about it, treating it like it was true. Should you believe every report that you hear? No. You should be slow, slow to believe things you hear in this world. But when it comes to God, can you believe his reports? Can you believe what he said? I mean, without hesitation, without reservation. When he tells you something, 
You go, well, that's it then. And you'll find out every time when you get the rest of the story, it was exactly like what he said. Every time. Now we saw, go back again to Numbers 13, we saw the, an Old Testament example of this, which is, I don't know, it's just so, so perfect. You, you want to spend some time on this and let this get in you. The scripture tells us in, in the New Testament that these things were written as examples to us. And so you want to learn from them both the good and the bad. We saw how that when the, uh, the 12 spies went in and scoped out the land and came back, they gave their report to the people in verse 26 and 27. And um, they said, yeah, it, it's a good land, you know, just like what the Lord said. Here's the fruit of it. Nevertheless, verse 28, uh, the people are strong and, and the cities are walled and, and we saw the giants there. There'll be giants you'll have to deal with in life. Not a physical one, thankfully, but sometimes it might seem like it'd be easier, you know, fighting a physical giant because what, what's a giant? A giant is something that in the natural you cannot overcome. You know, I mean, uh, in, in the, the natural, David, this is our graphic on the uh, uh, faith school. Anybody know who that is on, on the graphic there? The, the little guy's David. Big guy's Goliath, the giant, who was said to be right at 10 foot tall. And I mean, his, uh, his coat of mail wore, I mean, excuse me, it weighed, I think they said 130 pounds or something. And his, the, the, the staff of his uh, uh, spear was like a, a pole, like a post. And the head of the spear was, what was it, like 30 pounds or something? I mean, this is just a massive human being. And the scripture says that he was a warrior from his youth. From a kid, he was trained to fight. And obviously, he survived all these battles. He has killed a lot, of, a lot of men. And he is so confident in his abilities, he just waltzes out in the front of the battle and defies and challenges the whole army of Israelites and just calls them cowards and yellow and, and talks bad about their mama and, 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 and worse, blasphemes God. And how can a little teenager beat something like that? You know, that's why all the warriors who are so conscious of the disparity and the difference between his strength and their strength, his ability. They're, see, they're trying to think, well, if he lunges that giant spear into my shield I don't know that my shield would even hold up to that. And just the force of it would probably knock you flat on your back. And if he ever gets that size 20 shoe <laughs> on your chest, right? I mean, and bears down with his, what, 500 pounds of muscle or, or whatever it is. Uh, see, that, they are measuring 
uh, him by them. Can you see that? They are measuring his ability against their ability. And they're saying there's, there's no way. Isn't that what these guys wound up saying? Uh, we can't do it. We can't do it. And, and, and when we saw them, we saw those giants, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. They could just, they could just squish us. They could just step on us. And physically, that was partly true. But David, we, we read this in 1 Samuel 17 a few classes back. David wasn't comparing his 120 pounds <laughs> or 30 or whatever, 50, whatever it was. He, he's, he's still not a grown man. Uh, he's not comparing that. He said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whom you have defied. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, can you see that? Well, why did Caleb say, we can do it? We can take this thing. Well, keep reading. Down in, in chapter 14, verse 6, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spoke to all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. That word in the, um, the Hebrew is very, very, very good. <laughs> Not just good, very, very good. Extremely good. Well, exceedingly is, is in the King James. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Now we saw earlier, it said they brought up an evil report against the land. They slandered the land. I think this, well I know this is something that many have not seen concerning these accounts. The evil report was not just we can't do it. That's unbelief. But the evil report is calling what God said was good, bad. Can you see that? And that is something that's going on to this day. You know, healing is good. Sickness is bad. Hmm? That's not confusing. Poverty is bad. Abundance is good. Hmm? And yet, how many Christians are confused about these? You got people trying to tell us, well, you know, I know that that cancer is awful, but you know, maybe God put it on you and it's for some good reason. No, no, no. Cancer is evil. AIDS is evil. Come on, y'all, you understand what I'm talking about? Diseases that distort and destroy and deform the human body is not an improvement on what God created. Huh? God made Adam and Eve, and he, the Bible said our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even in their fallen condition, they are astounding in their complexity, in the brilliancy, in, in the beauty. And a stinking disease that just destroys, turns organs into mush, and, 
and, and corrupts and, and makes it smell foul. And all. This is evil. I said disease is evil. That's not just my, my opinion. I can give you five scriptures that says that exactly. Evil. Disease is evil. Poverty is evil. Hmm? Mental anguish and torment is evil. And God is not evil. And evil does not come from him. He is a good God. I said he's a good God. And when he told them, I've got this for you. It's good. It's really good. It's exceedingly good. And when they, found, when they went into the land, they, they agreed, it is, but nevertheless, I, yeah, it is. It's pretty on the outside, but it will kill you. It will eat you up. It will chew you up. It's a land that will do you evil. So there is this confusing and this replacing of good and evil, and that's, that's the evil report. That's calling what God says is good evil or bad. That is the evil report. Keep, keep reading this. He said, the Lord delights in us. He'll bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not you against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are, are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Boy, you're hearing two different messages here, aren't you? Mm -hmm. They were, all these hundreds of thousands of people. What are they hearing? It's a good land. Oh, it's a really good land. You saw the produce. Let's go get it. The Lord's with us. He's not with them. They don't even have a defense. Now, they, they are seeing the same giants in walled cities, but they're also not seeing the same thing, right? Uh, you'll notice in that passage in 1 Samuel 17 where David faced off with Goliath, he never called him a giant. He never called him a 500-pound killing machine. <laughs> Why? Because that kind of thing is going to feed your fear. Right? You know what he called him? Uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> Y'all have read this before, okay? Uh, what, what is, now people might say, oh, what, uncircumcised? What are you even talking about? That was the covenant, the sign of the covenant with God. And they worshiped Dagon, who was part fish. Part man, their Dagon God. And they, so David said, You have no God, you have no covenant, you got basically, you got no protection, you got no help. Yeah, you got your, you got your sword and your spear, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, with whom you have defied. You've blasphemed him. You've cussed him and his people and his name, and I'm going to kill you and take your head off of you. And I'm sure everybody 
that was hearing this are thinking, I, I can't believe what I am seeing <laughs> and what I am hearing. And when it happened, people's mouth would just, they're like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm sure there were bets on the side. You know, <laughs> how many odds, you know, to one against David, you know. And oh man, shocked is not the word. Why? Because giants are not indestructible. Giants are not unkillable. And there will be giants in your life. Not a flesh and blood one, but a giant. What's a giant? Something that just is so big and so strong and so hard that in your own strength, you see no way you could ever get out. There are people who are dealing, facing uh, the giant of addiction, addiction, chemical addictions. And if you've never been there, thank God for it. But uh, there are people that, you know, the, the, the cells of their body are screaming for this substance and they can't even think right. And oh, it would have been so much easier if they had just never tried it and never done it, which people young and old, don't try it. Don't try it. Why? You might really like it. And then it could get a hold of you and absolutely destroy your life. Kill you. Kill you young. And there are, there are folks that are facing this, and it seems like a 50-foot giant that they have absolutely no power no control over. But that's because you're comparing it to yourself. I said it's because you're comparing it to yourself. And as a believer, you're not by yourself. There's somebody in you that can make you bigger. Hallelujah. That can rise up on the inside of you and expand you and strengthen you until the next thing you know, you're looking down on the giant. Woo! Hallelujah. And then you command and it happens and you get free. I believe we can join faith with you right now concerning that addiction and the power God can manifest in your life. You believe it, Clash? You believe it? These guys believe it too. Let's do it right now. Say it out loud. Father, in Jesus' name, I am the redeemed. I have authority in the name of Jesus. And we command every addiction be broken in the name of Jesus. Come off of them. Come off of us. Leave us in the name of Jesus. I am free. I no longer have to have this. I no longer need this. I am loosed in the name of Jesus. Oh, lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Lord. I am free from addiction. I am free. I'm free from drugs. I'm free from alcohol. I'm free from chemicals. I'm free from every addiction. The Lord has set me free, and I am free indeed. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Our time's up again. 
Come back with us tomorrow. There's more to be seen and you are free. We'll see you again in Jesus' name. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.